these uh, last few days, we've had our we've had our um, awakening together reading group, um, reading a, a new book called uh, "The Inner Work of Racial Justice." We've had our Monday morning book group where we're reading um, Living by Vow. And both of those uh, just in the last few days have talked about this practice, this quiet practice curled up in this unusual way. Uh, it's associated with joy, with happiness. And uh, so I wanted to, I wanted to go into uh, both of those books a little bit and and take a look at this this joy um, that we are sitting in the midst of. Um, <clears throat> I I've always had this formulation that, uh, you know, traditionally the wisdom of non-separation, the wisdom of wholeness, uh, of intimacy uh, is one side of the coin and uh, compassion is the other side of the coin. So when we sit down, and we really settled into just this, into just this room, into just this life. And we're saying to ourselves, I am settled into this body, into this life. That's our wisdom practice. And uh, maybe the bell will ring 30 minutes later or 40 minutes later. And um, we get up and it's been my experience that I've kind of felt nourished by that just settling into the world just as it is, just settling into this body just as it is. And I think I feel nourished because, you know, that's, that's, that's where our home is. Our home is, is in this wholeness, this completeness, being completely in this body, being completely in our life just as it is. Um, and despite maybe some stiffness in my legs or stiffness in my, in my back, I say to myself, you know, I need to come back and do that again uh, because it really does feel like my true home to sit in that midst of wholeness and completeness. Um, Suzuki, Suzuki who, uh, who came and taught Zen in San Francisco in the early 60s, Suzuki says that kind of feeling of, of nourishment, that positive feeling that we get from sitting, he says that's a, a postcard from emptiness that uh, 
that uh, uh, we get a little message because, because this sitting in wholeness isn't something we think about. Um, we just are. We just are. Com we just are completely. We are being completely. So it's not something we sit and ponder like, oh, this feels good. I want to do this again. It's not that. That's not. That's not we. What we did in the last thirty minutes. Uh, we just settled, and our descriptive mind um, kind of went quiet while we settled and uh, just were, just, we just sat in the midst of our being. And uh, when we get up and we think, you know, what was that last half hour about? Um, that's when we might get that postcard from emptiness that says, you know, I think that's my true home. I think, um, I think that's the, reality of the situation is just sitting in the midst of being, just being. Um, uh, and, and, and then, and then just, just cause I want to stick with this, uh, with this idea of joy. I, I think it's not too far of a, of a, of a jump to go from that feeling of being nourished of being compassionate because, you know, when you're intimate with the world, just as it is, what's closer than that? Uh, what's more compassionate than just being without any separation? Um, uh, so it's not too far of a jump to say that, that that perhaps positive feeling of just being can also be called joy. So, so I want to I want to stick with that, with that theme. Um, we uh, a few of us here uh, were here last week when we had a guest speaker, um, GD, Gentle Dragon Onryu, Laura Kennedy, came from uh, Minnesota and gave a guest talk, gave a talk. She sat right here, and. Um, and she talked about um, not knowing, about not knowing. And boy, was she joyful. Uh, uh, she, was, she was just uh, laughing and cracking jokes. And the theme though was not knowing. You know, when, when, when you don't know something, like, uh, like, like, you know, David, this is your, your first time in here and, and uh, uh, you saw all of this going on and, and what's going on in here? They're facing the wall. What's this walking meditation about? I'm just, I'm just making up your life, David. I have, but uh, uh, maybe David was not knowing. And, but he was paying really close attention. Um, and and when, when you're not knowing, you're leaning in. You don't want to miss anything. You want to make sure that you're, that, that you're, uh, that you're, you're getting all the information possible. So the gap gets closer and closer. You're leaning in with this not knowing mind. And uh, so, 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 so uh, GD was talking about, um, about uh, this completely inhabiting the world without any separation between what we think of as this separate self 
and the rest of the world, really leaning in so that we're all touching foreheads. That's, that's my, that's my uh, image of not knowing, really paying attention, really being in no separation. And in the midst of that, she was just hilarious. She just, uh, 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 it was a joy to be with her uh, as she talked about this um, wisdom practice of no separation, this wisdom practice of compassion, this wisdom pa uh, practice of joy. Um, so uh, it's, it's a joy to be in our true home. And, and um, what this practice uh, points us to is, you know, can we, uh, when we get up off the cushion, after this bell rings, after we get in our car and we go back home, as we're driving back home, can we keep that no separation mind, that don't know mind, that um, uh, completely engaged in the world just as it is mind? Can we, can we look at the world in that way? No separation, um, uh, unity. Um, and uh, it's a different way of negotiating this world. Uh, it's, a, it's a way of, uh, instead of looking at uh, the world as, um, I'm gonna quote um, Rupert Spira here, uh, you know, a, a multiplicity of beings and objects all made of matter that we're kind of steering through, um, hoping for the best for us, for this self. Um, uh, and, and that's kind of what our senses tell us. You know, I can, I can see Chris over there. I can see Sandra over there. And I might say to myself, um, there's a separation there. But I think sitting here, um, the way we do in our meditation practice, we kind of are asked to think about how can I, how can I look over there and say, um, you know, that is uh, not separate from me. Um, that person is, is me. That person is that being, is, is just being in the same way that I'm just being, has that same life force. And, and when, we can, when we can change our minds in that way and negotiate the world um, of no separation, I think the world that we see is a little different. And I think our activities in the world are a little different. They're, they're, the activities we do are always in the service of this compassionate intimacy that we, um, that we know that we are when we come here and sit. Oh, that's the way the world is. Um, you know, we, we, all, we all were uh, close or very close to the big fire um, of a couple of years ago. You know, whole forests were, were um, uh, blackened 
covered uh, ground covered with ash. Maybe uh, maybe some of us saw Tassajara um, a few years ago when the forests all around uh, the Tassajara Retreat Center uh, burnt and was all covered with ash. Um, but you know, within weeks, within weeks, um, it looks like a like a moonscape, all gray. But within weeks, there's sprouts coming up at the base of those um, skeleton trees. It, it's kind of like a black and white photo that somebody paints color in. You know, you start seeing that that you know within weeks, life just is once again. And and uh, and when GD was here uh, along with Edie and myself. We have this discussion of this life force that we all are. Uh, it's like a baby being born, you know, all of that jerking and pushing and screaming of both, you know, parent and child is just the life force, that same being that is nothing but that sprout coming up out of the, the nearly dead tree or, or uh, you know there might be one or two of us in this room that were <clears throat> here for the 89 earthquake and for weeks afterwards you know we we're all uh, were, were you here then Mary were you here in the earthquake uh, Shakti was uh, um, Rosie was uh, Corrine was um, you know for weeks our, our eyes were you know all like this you know we were a mess uh, but everybody just was one helpful, compassionate unit. Uh, neighbors that we didn't know were um, hauling out to, you know, our broken shelving. Um, we were just as kind and gentle to each other as possible. There, there, we, we all were this. We all had that same feeling of I'm totally intimate with all of you. Uh, I woke up, um, I, 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 um, I, re I, I put down the perception that we're all separate and living in separate houses and we all have separate families. And I realized that, oh, we're all the same. We've all been through this and we all have to help each other rebuild. That's that, that kind of life force that, that doesn't belong to me, that doesn't belong to you. It's no different than in Suchitra than it is in me. And, 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 and in Buddhism, we've got other names for that too. We, you know, we, we say Buddha nature or we call it um, uh, non-dual consciousness, you know, when there's no separation. But all of those moments that we live with uh, when we realize that there's, there's nothing between us, that we're all the same, um, that's our true home. And that's joyous, joyful mind. Um, that's what GD was talking about as she was laughing so heartily. Um, that's the, that's the, um, uh, the body that you're in when you get up off the cushion 
and say, I wonder what that last half hour was about. That, you know, separation, that, that feeling of, of, of goodness. Um, uh, there, there's a um, meditation teacher, um, Rupert Spira, who's in a little different tradition than we are, but, but very closely related. And uh, he does lots of workshops and uh, he puts them all on YouTube. So there's, there's about uh, 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 over a thousand YouTube videos of him teaching meditation. And he calls this one video, oh, oh and they're all short. They're all eight minutes long or 15 minutes long. How can I change my thoughts is the name of this one. I, I, I just wrote down what, what he said at the beginning. Um, what you see, he says, is not a multiplicity and diversity of matter, but one continuous whole made of being or joy or love, he said it in a way that you can call being or life force. Uh, you can call it being or joy or love. Just replace your outlook with that. See the universe uh, through this filter of that understanding that what you see is whole, is just being, is just joy or love. Try to see the world through that filter. Just um, uh, I can't read my own my own writing. Uh, just as uh, previously, um, when you were looking at the world as a multiplicity of matter, the world seemed to conform with that idea that you had. Um, uh, not, not because that's the way the world is, but that's what you believed. Um, that's what culture tells us. But try to adopt the understanding um, that you have touched with your meditation, that our teachers over millennia have touched. Then see how the universe responds with that outlook when, you, when you're looking at the world as, as a whole, not separate, unified. Change your thoughts, change your script, and the activities you do in the world will change. Just change that one simple thought that, that, to the unity of being, that the universe is not divided, that it's whole. Let that be your primary thought. Let that thought inform your every action. Let love and joy be your understanding that governs your actions. 
our usual perceptions that there's a multiplicity of things has told us in the past that the world was flat or that the sun rotates around, uh, uh, travels around the earth. And we don't believe that anymore. So, so let's stop believing that there's this multiplicity of things all made of matter and, and start viewing the world as unified, as whole, and is made of being and love and joy. I thought that was a, a great, great message. Um, Rhonda McGee, um, a law professor and mindfulness teacher from the Bay Area. I, 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 wish, I wish I could put that on my, my resume. <laughs> law professor and mindfulness teacher. Um, she grew up in the South and, um, and she uh, uh, has written this book, The Inner Work of Racial Justice. And she said uh, uh, she inherited from her grandmother and her mother, the idea that life was meant to be lived joyfully. She says that in the introduction. Life was meant to be lived joyfully. She said her grandmother um, uh, picked tobacco and was a housekeeper for most of her life. And yet her religious faith expanded the world for, for her grandmother and gave her a larger, more hopeful view of herself in the world than just being um, a, a black woman in the South uh, whose only jobs available to her were picking tobacco or being a housekeeper. And this, this got handed down uh, to her mother who, uh, who was a factory worker and a nurse's aide, uh, but, but my mother, led with optimism and gave everyone the benefit of the doubt. And then Rhonda McGee talks about all the, all the models in the world, the leaders that she admires, especially she says, the many models of people struggling against injustice for ourselves and for beloved communities everywhere, all the while maintaining loving, praising hearts. So these were examples in her life um, of people that lived in a big world, not a world of multiplicities of matter, but lived in whole communities and lived their life completely just as it was, and were able to find um, uh, uh, their loving, praising hearts. She goes on to talk about justice. Um, in this book, I tell stories about people from a range of backgrounds who have used these practices, mindfulness mainly, to think differently about race and racism and to work for justice 
a work that I define here as love in action for the alleviation of suffering. So this justice, fairness, harmony with uh, the whole works, uh, maybe we found that in this half hour of sitting tonight. Maybe we found ourselves in harmony with the whole works. Um, but as we expand that to the world that we live in, that has um, climate change and forest fires, that has um, racism and segregation, uh, it, that harmony that we, um, that we uh, worked for um, when we know that we're not separate, we can call justice a word that is love in action for the alleviation of suffering. We looked at that last night. And um, Monday morning, uh, we were reading uh, one of our favorite uh, Zen teachers, Shohaku Okamura, um, who uh, uh, wrote a book called Living by Vow, where he talks about some of the, the chants and ceremonies that we do and gives his interpretation of why we, why we do that. Um, so he says that, um, he quotes Dogen. Dogen says we cultivate, um, that, that when we are looking at the world as nothing but the three treasures, the three jewels of Buddhism, the Buddha treasure or meditation, are sitting completely with this body and with this world, our Buddha treasure, our Dharma treasure, when we discuss um, that um, insight into non-separation with each other, um, our Dharma treasure and our Sangha treasure, when we live with each other, when we work to, to, uh, to create harmony not only with the people that we're sitting with in this room, but harmony um, throughout the world that we live in, the whole universe. Um, when this is our worldview, a uh, joyful mind uh, emerges, joyful mind is cultivated and uh, nourished in just the way that uh, the, the ashes and the rain cultivated the half dead tree to send up. Let me try this one more time. Let me, let me, let me try this, this life thing one more time. So when we're looking at the world as nothing but the three treasures of intimacy, um, joyful mind emerge, emerges. What I call joyful mind, Dogen said, and uh, Dogen is our, is our um, um, uh, one of our Zen teachers from the 1200s in Japan who wrote so beautifully. What I call joyful mind is the happy heart. Dogen says further, now I have 
the fortune to be born a human being and I can prepare food that can be received by these three jewels, by, um, by um, our Buddha nature, our, our uh, study nature and our community nature. I'm fortunate to be a human that can prepare food that can be enjoyed by these three jewels. Um, he's writing this to the temple. Uh, this is a lesson he's giving to the temple cook. Um, Sarah has been our temple cook before, and uh, and uh, Scott uh, is our uh, temple uh, snack captain tonight. Uh, uh, he's he's fortunate enough to be born a human, so that he can uh, nourish us. And, and Sandra is so. Um, Dogen, Dogen says, I'm fortunate to be a human and I can prepare food to be received by these three jewels. Is this not great, he says. Um, and then Shohaku commenting all, all this says, the same can be said of our meditation, of our zazen. When we sit in this posture, we are one with all beings, all time, and all space. That's that no separation. That's leaning into not knowing and being so close that our foreheads are touching. We are one with all beings, all time, and all space. It's all very dynamic, not limited to one single person or one moment of work. Even though we and our work are small, they are connected with the whole universe. When we are without a limited attitude or purpose, our work has no limits. Dogen echoes this. This will allow, allow you to unite with these virtuous karmic causes for 10 million lives. So this goes on forever when we are sitting and being um, both on the cushion and in our life. And what emerges is joyful mind. I wanna do that again. I wanna be reminded to look at the world, to look at every being that that, that I meet, that the 10,000 beings that I might meet in a day, can I see them as not separate, as being so close that there's no separation and what emerges will be joyful mind. So all of this came up at once. I think, uh, you know, that's uh, what, a, what a happy accident that, um, uh, that, that uh, all of this joy came to us through GD, through Shohaku and Dogen, through um, uh, Rhonda McGee. It all came up as once. And, um, and, uh, and maybe those of us who, who sat here for, for the last half hour, uh, or those of us who, who um, cleared the space 
tonight to come join us on the screen. You know, maybe uh, uh, can you connect that with with some joy, with some joy. So maybe if just a, a short discussion before we um, before we go home for the evening. Any any thoughts about that? About joyful mind. Um, why we keep coming back. Um, we hope David comes back, uh, but uh, uh, the rest of you, I've I've all seen before. So you've you've all come back uh, for some reason. Uh, maybe you didn't call it joyful mind, but uh, uh, maybe like like me, you felt nourished, and you said, um, and you got a little postcard from emptiness that said. Uh, uh, wish you were here. Come back again soon. Sarah. Sometimes I've noticed in um, them that people will talk and I'll start to think to myself, oh, oh I, 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 I want to be joyful. I want to be like this or like that. And I, and I feel like, like, I need to work towards that or something. Um, but now I've been practicing for six years and I've had time to, to just like sit for a long time. Um, I think what I've noticed is that like in, in, in Dr's Yoga Club, for our teacher Kamba will say, just be yourself completely. And so I really feel like that's what Zalman is about. It's just, just be yourself completely. And there's that's where the joy is. It's, there's not, it's not anything different than just, just yourself. Were you on the screen able to hear Sarah? Uh, well, well, she, she, she just talked about um, uh, initially, uh, she felt that she had to sort of put on a joyful outlook. Um, but in this practice and, and also in her yoga practice, uh, this is me paraphrasing, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, she sees that uh, just being, it kind of emerges from within. Um, and, and I think that's a, that's a point that I wanted to make that, that, that you made very, very, very good. This isn't kind of a, this isn't a, um, you know, kind of putting on a happy face or kind of a new, uh, you know, something new age of, uh, of uh, you know, uh, always look on the bright side. Uh, uh, this is something that emerges from, from this practice of, I'm just gonna be completely in this body and mind and completely in this room and completely in my life right now. And, and we see that that mind that's, that does the separating um, just kind of fades to the background. And, and we do um, enter our true home of no separation. It emerges from, from uh, within, uh, that it's not just kind of a feel good thing to, uh, uh, that we greet a, a cloudy day with. Um, is that is that what you were talking about, Sarah? Thank you. Yeah.
And Shakti raised your hand. Both Shakti and um, and first Shakti, then Rosie. Uh, we, we don't hear you, Shakti. Even though it says your microphone is off. Go to unmute at the bottom left hand. We can't hear Rosie either. Maybe. I'm I'm unmuting myself. Now I can't hear you. Can you speak? I, I'm speaking. Can you hear me? Okay, great. Yes. Um, Shakti? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, can you, you hear, can hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. We're back in business. Shakti and then Rosie. Uh, well, yeah. I, I I appreciate the little plug there for for the yoga practice too because it that is also a practice that's getting at the heart of things which is our true nature and that that idea of no separation and I've actually um, this I've been kind of sitting with this all these ideas in the context of, um, you know, not having maybe, you know, the, the poster child kind of ideal body and, and that, but, but the truth of the matter is, is that when you really sit and just be, then, then all of those kind of struggles that we have from the, you know, the aversion, the attachment, all that suffering that we cause ourselves if we're just in the present moment it's i think that will that for me can dissolve and that and like you said that that separation of like difference and and that we create those creations of difference um can also dissolve and when that dissolves then arises, like you were saying, that that joy of being. Um, yeah, and and it's like a lot, a lot of people have written about this. So, you know, it's it's that kind of spark of humanity, I guess, um, of that inner being, that inner connection that we all have. So I, I really resonate with um, everything you were saying. Thank you. Thank you, Shakti. Yeah, it comes to us from all these traditions. It came, it came to um, 
uh, Rhonda McGee's grandmother through uh, the Christian tradition uh, and um, uh, of living in such a big world um, completely um, with uh, a happy heart, with joy. Um, so thank you. Um, Rosie. Okay, well, for me, this practice is so um, embodied and sitting uh, at, as yoga is, which I, I've had these practices, you know, for decades, both of them. And the, the, the joyfulness um, often simply comes after being with whatever actually is, which can be sadness, it can be anguish, it can be a constrictedness of feeling your throat. It can be, you know, pain, um, as we um, all know. <laughs> it hurts to sit longer than a half hour. <laughs> it can hurt the first two minutes. Um, wherever the hurt is, the compassion comes right like that with it in this, for me. Uh, I think this is the teaching. This is the wisdom that we soften and, and be with be with whatever is there. And it's not necessarily gonna be joy immediately. The joy may come from just realizing that, oh, here I am in the midst of this not very pleasant feeling. Mm -hmm. And I, I can be here with it. Mm -hmm. I can take care of it. I can meet it. I can soften around it. It still hurts, but it's different approach. It's a it's meeting right like this. And and so for me, when the joy comes, it's it can often just be like it just as people have said, you know, it just opens, it's the gate of Dharma gate of ease and joy in the midst of the hurt, the not knowing, uh, are we, the, you know, whoever you might be feeling compassionate for that is a friend or your, you know, closest, whoever, anybody, the world, <laughs> um, all of this, the entire mess that we otherwise, you know, see as a complete mess and failure and disaster and horrible and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, that's, those thoughts are still there. We need to let them be there and, you know, kind of get a lot of space for them around them and soften around them yeah. and realize that there's horrible fear. Uh, you know, that for, and people who don't, who don't know how to touch their love and joy for themselves or each other. And I mean, you know all this, everybody is practicing here these ways. Um, anyway, thank you for, for inspiring us always, Patrick. <laughs> um, and all of you for practicing. Uh, it's, it's a treasure, you are all a treasure to me, though I may not be right there in person um, I am, I am right with you.
uh, no separation. I feel that. Well, Thus, thank, you. thank you. Thank, thank you, Rosie. Thank you. Um, what, one last word, Corinne, well, before we wrap up. <laughs> this is so to the point today for me, this particular focus. Um, I went to the farmer's market and I received food stamps and requested $10. And the message came back that my account had nothing in it. So as some of you know, my purse had been stolen a couple months ago. So what I did is that I went up to Emmeline and sure enough, today, just a couple of hours before I tried to get uh, the tokens at the farmer's market, it had been emptied by somebody in Florida, like $1,100. Hmm. So uh, I will probably get it back. I filed the paperwork and so forth. But this was just, you know, a couple hours ago. And it's in sitting with that, I can open with compassion to not the person, because I don't know the person as one of the multiplicity, but that kind of energy. And as you were talking about joy, I was thinking, hmm. I will play with that. And then it came to mind um, uh, uh, GD's quote from Okumura about having the sword or the knife against your rib and experiencing that. And so I can see it that way too. And the playing is, is my mind being sad and thinking this can happen again and moving from that just being with the breath and just allowing the buddha nature to come up as it will and present the spaciousness and maybe it'll be joy maybe it'll be compassion i don't know but i'm open to receiving it. And uh, when I say I receiving it, of this being, this other being who is part of my Buddha mind, receiving it also. We're all <laughs> receiving it, in other words. And so it's a very interesting uh, moment or time for me to work with that. Oh yes, oh, I'm so sorry, Corrine. Uh, that that theft of your cards is, or of your possessions just keeps on unfolding. You know, months months yeah. months down the line, uh, and uh, you, you know, may, maybe I, I mean the first place my my thoughts went was was um, you know we we can be grateful for for all of those de those departments at Emmeline that uh, hand you forms and 
assure you that down the line, you know, your money will be reimbursed. And, and so there's a sort of a cold bureaucracy that we can say, well, it's going to work. It's going to work now. And I'm, I'm thankful for, for those old, uh, old buildings that on Emma line and, and then know that, um, that, uh, you know, you're, uh, let us know if we can be of any help, um, as well. The, the, um, what does Rep call, call us the, the Mahasanga uh, mm -hmm. that, that you find yourself in, the great Sangha. So I'm, I'm very sorry about all of that thievery in your life. Well, it's a Dharma gate, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Always. Yeah. And you're pointing out the what's available in the at Emmeline reminds me of a few, couple of weeks ago when I forget who it was, was talking, oh, you were quoting, um, I forget her name, uh, talking about the revalorization of objects of things. Yeah. And that certainly is appropriate here. Yes, yes. Uh, thank, thank you, Corrine. You're welcome. Well, why don't we wrap up here? Um, may our practice continue to remind us that we are supporting all of the universe and that at every moment, all of the universe is supporting us. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to end them. to become it. Thank you.